0: Shalom, everyone. This is Shomer Man. I am excited again to have Ishpeyla drop us another segment. This time, he is sharing from Tehillim 51 and the 40 days of Shuva, which began with Rosh Hadesh Elul. So, I will do the opening bracha and then I will be throwing it over to Ishpeyla to take it away. Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech ha'olam, asher bachar banu mikol hamim, ve v'natan lanu et Torato Baruch atah Adonai, noten ha'torah. Amen. Amen. Aronai as we are diving into Tehillim, may you bind us to the lapid, Mashiach Yeshua, and grant us eyes to see and ears to hear. As it is stated by Chazal that Mashiach is supposed to have a song and he is supposed to compose that type of liturgy. So Adonai, as we are in the Tehillim, which are songs and psalms and passages from Melech David, through the extension of the likeness and the semblance of the words of Mashiach, Father, may you grant us eyes to see and ears to hear and may we truly yearn for our Mashiach. Amen. Alright, right, pela take it away.
1: Shalom again, Ahi. So, uh, coming to you out of the Green Book, Psalm 51. so I'll just, I'll just kind of get started. So we all know that this psalm is what's uh, read to invoke teshuva, to awaken our spirits to teshuvah, uh, to understand its meanings, and you know what what is teshuva? You know, I was reading actually earlier that um, to shoot that wisdom. So, i.e. the Torah, its ultimate end is teshuva that is Uh, let me quote that from you guys real quick sorry I didn't know I was gonna say that so I I read that today give me one second one second Okay, so that comes from knowledge. It says, "This is what it says: knowledge is itself a means towards a higher end. The purpose of wisdom is to return to God, and maasim tovim, good deeds." Brachot 17a. So that is the purpose of wisdom or Torah, because the beginning of wisdom is the fear of Hashem. So if we follow that path we end up at Teshuvah uh, so just going to kind of go through the psalm so I will read the psalm first and then kind of as I'm reading it I'll read out what the commentary says it says for the conductor a psalm by David when Nathan the prophet came to him after he had gone to Bathsheba Commentary on 5.51.2 says, After Nathan rebuked him, David said, I have sinned to God. After Nathan departed, David recited this song. It says, Be gracious to me, O God, in keeping with your kindness, in accordance with your abundant compassion. Erase my transgressions, i.e. his transgression with Bathsheba. Cleanse me through thoroughly of my wrongdoing and purify me of my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. I.e., I am always in a state of regret and heartache over the sin of mine. Radak. Mistakes of the past. Sin taints the heart and prevents us from drawing near to God. Repentance cleanses the heart, enabling us to once again connect with God. The heart, however, possesses endless depth. In our journey toward an ev- ever deeper connection with God, we plumb depths of our heart to develop a more complete relationship with Him. When we foray into these uncharted, loftier places within our souls, we are hindered by our pre- previous sins. In our previous state, our repentance suffice to remove the effects of the sins. These deeper levels, however, are more sensitive, and our previous repentance cannot dissolve the barrier the sin creates in this higher plane. So, i.e., what this is saying, if I can kind of elaborate on this, basically, the more we come closer to God and however small a sin is or great of a sin it is, well, just any sin at this point, the more you grow closer to God, the more your sin creates a barrier in this closeness in this higher plane with with Hashem that the teshuva that you did previously can't dissolve this prayer this barrier and it needs to be a much more uh, needs to be a, a more how do I say it? I don't want to say better repentance but a more uh, deeper repentance we we have to dig deeper and introspect ourselves and and really really repent and really ask Hashem to cleanse our heart as, uh, which David is asking here David declares my sin is always before me to constantly ascend in our relationship with God we must constantly be aware of our past transgressions You must attend to these sins which have consequence in our more advanced levels of devotion of God so the more we advance in our devotion to God the more uh, we must be wary of sin At the same time, we ought to not obsess over these sins and allow them to weigh heavily upon our hearts. This would only serve to discourage us from advancing in our spiritual service. So, don't let it discourage you. As for forgiveness, make teshuva. This is why David uses the word negdi, translated here as before me. Negdi is used to imply a distance. So what he's saying is, I am aware of my sins, but I place them at a distance. The remembrance impels me toward yet further growth, but I do not allow them to paralyze me with despair. Um, The other thing I was going to add, man, I kind of just want to skip, but just so much to share really, so so there's a, to you alone I have sinned, it basically says that you should confess out loud to Hashem, nobody else has to be there, you should have confessed out loud to Hashem, you and yourself, you yourself and Hashem, basically. should just that should be that's all it is. No, you know, middleman, no, you know, I gotta go tell this person this. You confess to Hashem. Only Hashem knows your sins and you know your sins. So um, also I'm just gonna kinda go over to the the part where it says believe this is 51.19 Sleekha, I'm sorry. This is 51.8 It says, Indeed, you desire truth in the concealed parts. Teach me wisdom in that which is hidden. It says, In my heart which is hidden, give me the wisdom to confess. Teach me to reveal the insights that are hidden from me. Basically, Ask Hashem to show you what you need to repent from, and He'll show it to you. It says 51:9, "Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be pure." Vraddak interprets this as basically hyssop was used to purify, to ritually purify someone from from uh, Zarat or leprosy. Uh, and from contact with the dead corpse. So this is a, a ritual purification. But Radak says, David's asking for the spiritual stain of sin to be removed from him. says, 5112, uh- created me, O oh. Create, sorry, Sliga, creating me a pure heart, O God, renew within me an upright spirit. Says now that I have good intentions, assist me and support my heart so that it remains pure and upright, so that the evil inclination overcomes me no more. As our sages teach, those who seek to purify themselves receive assistance from on high, that is from Shabbat one o four a. So I just want to kind of go over to this part over um, where it says, "I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you." There's a part in here, midrash, and a part from the uh, just part from the midrash. It's called undoing sin. To repent for sinful thoughts, David asks, "Create in me a pure heart that fully regrets the sin." For sin for sinful speech, he asks, "My Lord of my lips." To a proper confession. To repent for his sinful deed, David pledges not only to abandon his sin, but to perform good deeds that are opposite of his sins. David thus says, I would teach transgressors your ways, meaning that he would perform good deeds that would be opposite of his sin, leading others to take heart and return to God. Sefer ha Ikarim, 426 And Fifty-one, eighteen. Psalm fifty-one, eighteen. For you do not desire that I bring sacrifices, nor do you wish for burnt offerings. If I, so the commentary goes on to say, if I knew that you desired a sacrifice to atone for my sin, I would bring it. But I know that you prefer a broken and contrite heart. And indeed, I repent before you with a broken heart. It says sacrifices only atone for unintentional sins. There is no sacrifice to atone for an intentional sin, other than the broken and crushed heart. Even in the case of unintentional sins, the primary purpose of the sacrifices is to break the heart and cleanse it of bodily desire. As the sacrifices burn on the altar, one is meant to receive one's animalistic cravings likewise being offered up. Radakh. And I really just want to cut, cut to the end here because this is pretty amazing and Rukashem for showing me this that I found this and wow that's all just really all I can say. Uh, so this is 51:20, the end of the end of the verse. And your goodwill bestow goodness upon Zion, rebuild the walls of Yerusha, well, Yerushalim. It says. Jerusalem's name this is the first of 18 times that Jerusalem is mentioned in Psalms the Midrash comments on the origin of the name Abraham called the city Yireh God will see and Shem called it Shalem complete and if you put those two words together it's complete fear or complete seeing of God complete awe of God however you want to however you want to translate that it's, it's all that bundled up God said if I call it Yireh As Avraham did The righteous Shem will have a complaint And if I call it Shalem As Shem did The righteous Avraham will have a complaint Rather I will call it Yerushalayim A hybrid of the two names Bereshit Rabbah 5610 In this verse uh, Jerusalem is only spelled with one Yud And not spelled Yerushalayim it says At the first So it talks, it talks about the missing Yud that the first instance of the word Jerusalem in the Tanakh, Joshua 10.1, Minchat Shai, points out that throughout Tanakh, Jerusalem is spelled Yerushalem. Only in five instances is it spelled with an additional Yud, Yerushalayim. Yet all are read as if they contain the extra Yud. So every time you come across Yerushalem, read it as Yerushalayim. According to Tosfot, Tina Eat 16a, the Yud is generally absent because it was originally called Shalem, which does not contain a, y- a Yud. Rokeach suggests a different reason. In describing the state of the Jewish people in their exile, the Midrash say, says that they are missing their ten horns. Ten of their positive attributes have been removed from them. See Eka Rabbah 2 6. Jerusalem can also be seen as. Missing its full strength and glory in times of exile, the ten horns, i.e. the ten horns of, of its people. To mark this deficiency, Yerushalayim, is generally spelled without its yud, which has a numerical value of ten. So in the footnotes, it says, commenting on the, what are the ten horns. It says, perhaps the yud is enunciated because Yerushalayim, his essence, possesses the ten horns. Yet, because they are hidden during the exile, the Yud is likewise hidden when the word is written in form. The ten horns of the Jewish people are the following. The horn of Abraham, the horn of Yitzhak, that's two. Three, the horn of Yosef. Four, the horn of Moshe. Five, the horn of Torah. Six, the horn of priesthood. Seven, the horn of Levitehood. Eight, the horn of prophecy. Nine, the holy temple. Ten, the Jewish people, and some say the horn of Mashiach, which can be uh, reconciled by saying there is a spark of Mashiach in, in, our, in every Jewish soul. These ten were taken from the heads of the Jewish people and given to the nations of the world. In the times of Mashiach, they will re- be returned to the Jewish people. Eka Rabab. Roach consider these ten horns to be those of Yerushalayim as well so the ten horns are not only the horns of the people but also the horn of Jerusalem the city of God itself uh, and so I just want to go over to the psalm and practice this is the final thing I want to end with and this is probably the most uh, awesome awesome teaching uh, about about this whole experience and there's two closing thoughts in the psalms in practice purge me with hyssop hyssop and i shall be pure cleanse me and i shall be whiter than snow commenting on fifty one nine, says sinning had rendered him as if richly impure repentance would purify him as one who is sprinkled with hyssop infused waters in a literal sense, too, immersion in purifying waters is recommended to cleanse one of a spiritual defiling experience, such as eating non-kosher food. Although this act does not contaminate a person in the legal sense, the person should immerse in a mikvah to clear his soul of the spiritual impurity purity caused by the, by the sin, if it was not deliberate. However, regardless of the sin, immersion is not a prerequisite for complete repentance. Four, the moment a person resolves to repent, he is considered as a completely righteous person. Or HaZura, Volume 1, 112. And then, HaShem Savtai Tiftach Ufi Yegite Hilatecha. So this is where we get this from. My God, open my lips and my mouth shall declare your praise. Uh, 51.17 The sages instituted that one should recite this verse before beginning the Amidah prayer. Berachot 4b This is Hasidut teaching. It says, Prayer is a ladder that allows us to draw progressively closer to God and the Amidah prayer is its highest point. The stages of prayer that precede the Amidah are designed to arouse powerful feelings of love and awe for God. However, they are merely preparations for the ultimate unity with God achieved during the Amida. We are reserved with God when we are absorbed with God Himself. At that point, we lose any sense of self-awareness because we are wholly consumed by the immediacy of His presence. In this state of total submission to God, unaware of ourselves and our needs, we cannot express our personal desires. We therefore preface the Amida with the requests, "God open my lips, and my mouth may I declare your praise." At that point in our prayer, God speaks through us. Our mouths are simply channels for God's praise. When we allow ourselves to be completely enveloped by God, the blessings we recite are not our own. They are God's blessings and are then surely fulfilled. Baruch Hashem. Amen. And so, just kind of want to end with that. And... Yeah, I just I just love that. God, we when we pray, when we say the Amidah, we become a channel, and God speaks through us. We're just a channel for God's praise. That's all we are as a channel. And may we all merit to be channels for Hashem's praises and His blessings. May you all have a wonderfully blessed week. And uh, anyway, it's just sharing this with anybody who would like to know more uh go to the big green book source is 98 or 99 b slika so big green book 99 b rukashem and
0: yishpela appreciate those insights and what do we know what do we know Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam. Asher natan lanu Torah temet, vekayeholam yeh olam nata betochenu. Baruch atah Adonai, noten ha Amen. May we merit to see the return of Mashiach Yeshua speedily and soon in our days. Amen.